Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Uh, happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Happy belated July 4th for all of our American viewers. Um, I know that. I did the usual July 4th thing, which was a little barbecue, some salad, went to go watch some uh, fireworks at uh, a nearby park. And I don't know about you, Kevin, Russ, I, like I have grown weary of like going out for fireworks, but so many people go out and so many people try to get as close as they possibly can to the fireworks. In my older year now, I'm like, I'll stay like a mile away, watch the fireworks, and then want to escape quickly to avoid all the traffic and all the people walking around. I just, you know, I, I by it, the, the fireworks ended at like ten, and by ten fifteen, I was back home. So that was that. You know, that that's that's fine with me. I I didn't get right under the fireworks, but I was close enough to actually enjoy them. Yeah, it sounds like a winning proposition. We. I didn't actually go to the fireworks. We saw them on Friday night. Uh, Terry and I were driving an hour away from our lake house. And as we drove home, we got to see each community's fireworks as we were driving down 94. So we had the best of all worlds. Um, and then we got back. And then I didn't have much of a choice drive because uh, the Red Wings um, player development camp was uh on the fourth of july and so and you know those for those of you who don't know those are pretty much all day affairs you know they they do drills and then the players come in our case we got you know three groups of players so you know you're, you're there all day so you know i pretty much left my house at nine o'clock in the morning didn't get home till five or six so it wasn't much of a fourth of july for me so yeah i, I just hunkered down with the pets the pets get really yeah. and scared and I buy this thing called comms, which takes the edge off a little, but I've got my TV blasted. Last night I had my TV blasted and I was doing a lot of petting. So that was, that was my fourth of July. I, I, well, I was doing some like, okay. Cause Sunday Sabres development camp opened and I went to that. And then Monday I went up for Leafs development camp and I got up early, you know, like you said, it's all day affair, uh, Kev, but it was a torrential downpour from, basically crossing the bridge all the way crossing the Queenston Lewiston bridge all the way up to Toronto. And then of course, as soon as I pulled in the parking lot, it stopped. Um, and, uh, you know, I was there for about six hours. Uh, and then of course it, no problem getting up there in terms of traffic, but then coming back, it was ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the biggest thing now is they've just expanded those player development um, you know, the Red Wings was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and today was the three-on-three tournament. Well, you know, you got to reward yourself and go to that if you've gone yeah. the first four days. Oh, you know, because yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like the three-on-three. It gives you a sense of whether the players can skate and um, yeah. you know, what their hands are like and everything else. So I got the first time I had seen uh, Danielson. I had never seen him live. I know Russ has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very smooth player. Oh yeah, you know, that's what I would say. Like, uh, just kind of a classy player. 
yeah. always is where he needs to be. The puck seems to follow him around. You know, gifted skater, not blazing gifted, but just um, smooth. Can cut inside and um, and and tremendous defensively. Like yeah. you know, he's just always right next to the guy. So, uh, and the other gun that uh, I know Russ has already talked about, Sandin Palika. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, so dynamic. Um, but you know, he's he's a long way away. You know, he's a hundred and seventy pounds, if that. So. Um, he's, I mean, he's not going to be any more than 180, 185, though. He won't. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, uh, the, the biggest chuckle today, uh, Carter Mazur was talking about, and he's in a, now remember, remember, he's in a group of 10, 15 sports writers. And he says, well, he said, um, you know, the biggest challenge for me, of course, is gaining weight. And he goes, everyone, you know, you understand how difficult it is. To- I, I can tell you how. To, to gain weight, and everybody started laughing. And Art Regner, who was a, a local radio man turned Red Wings employee, said, "You know, no one in this room has any trouble gaining." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, and tomorrow, tomorrow's the Sabers three-on-three uh, tournament to scrimmage, and Saturday. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to go up for the Leafs one on Saturday, but it, it, yeah, they, you're right. They are like really long affairs. It's like five, six-day development camps, yeah. but that's basically it until. Um, you know, right. until September. camp right before. Yeah, I mean, and you gotta, you gotta save your 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 stuff. Like I know for Russ, it's just a matter of he's just doing, uh, you know, scouting reports and filing away. But you know, even if you're gonna write this in terms of featureizing it, you know, we'll we'll still be milking all this. Oh yeah. You know, by you know late August, early September. So, so um, uh, Russ, do you have any? Do you have anything pre-show or? No, just get right into it. That was okay. a good pre-show. Okay, here we go. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I'm Kevin Allen from Detroit Hockey Now. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz. All right, why don't we start with Detroit, Kev, because um, I have to say that at least from – like the perspective of like people in Toronto and so you know, I think a lot of the hockey community, Iserman's been taking a few arrows for some of the yeah. free agent uh, selections that they that they've made. Uh, you know, I you know my opinion on Justin Hall as well. Right. Yeah. I won't go down that road, but Gosta Spear and uh, I mean Kristen Fisher on a one year deal. Well, some of the one year deals are fine, but I, the 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 money on JT Confer on a five year deal, but and Justin Hall three point four million for three years. Uh, what is the Detroit perspective on that? Well, it's it's it has been a mixed bag. I think your assessment is fair. I think he has been taking some arrows on that. Um, although, you know, he you know he's kind of got the uh, you know the old Henry Ford line: never complain, never explain. Like you know, he would just shrug if you said right. you know like that's just not his thing. He's not too worried about what the general public thinks and what he's doing. But, you know, if you tear each one down, like I think the Gossip Spear one was actually might have been his best signing. Because, you know, it's – and, again, he learned from Ken Holland, and Ken Holland said many, many times, and there's a lot of truth to this, you can sign anybody for one year. You can make anything work for one year. And I think that's the way Eisenman saw it. He, you know, he went out, and I've said this before, but Eisenman doesn't tell you – what his plans are, but he drops big hints. And it was pretty clear at his uh, season ending uh, uh, state of the union address that he, you know, he wanted to improve his power play. He wanted to get 
grittier and tougher. He wanted to add some scores, and he did all those. The problem is there weren't a lot of great guys uh, available, so he had to take what he could get. And the Gossip Spear, you know, he'll be the number two power play guy, um, and that was the going rate. You know, he's, he didn't pay any less than others were willing to pay, um, and but he only got him one year. He wanted four years. Somebody said, you know, I'll give you one, and it's and it's good for both because if Gossip Spear has a good season you know, he'll be able to come back and get a longer term deal. Um, you know, he'll probably want to stay because, you know, me and the Red Wings gave him an opportunity. And if he doesn't, then Eisenman is not on the hook for that one. So I think that was a good signing. I think where he got in trouble is a lot of people thought that the five year for uh, Comfort was too long, but I think the argument from the Red Wings perspective is he's young enough to be part of their core group and they see him as that. Um, the, argument I would make is, you know, he's never been a 20 goal scorer. And that's the, uh, you know, the rub that you hear about uh, cop is that, you know, he's only scored 20 goals one time. So Comfer uh, has uh, had 10 more points than cop last year, but you know, it's not like he's a 75 point scorer. So, no. so five years. I like Comfer in the sense that I felt like they looked at him and said, he could play two C and we're going to need someone to do that. And this is, the low end cost of a two C, and so what what he does defensively and the points that he will put up, even if he doesn't score twenty, is pretty good. Now, do I think Cop has been really good for the Red Wings? He's been mild, and I think that probably forced Eiserman's hand on getting somebody else too. I didn't like the Hall signing for just because I'm not a big fan, but you know that that's the one I would get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there is history in Detroit uh, of this, and I'm not suggesting that he's a uh, hall of famer, Larry Murphy, but they ran, but they ran, uh, they being Maple Leafs, uh, booed Larry Murphy out of yeah. Toronto, blamed him for just, uh, you know, that he was a turnover machine, very similar actually to all. And, uh, of course he came to Detroit and he, you know, he, uh, instantly found chemistry with Nick Lidstrom. Uh, he became a staple on the Red Wings power play and he found a new lease on life. Um, you know, he Hall doesn't have the same skills that Murphy does, but you know he could get new life too by playing. In the Red Wings. I'm going to use the old political line, Kev. I knew Larry Murphy. Larry Murphy was a friend of mine, sir. You're no Larry Murphy. I mean, just Justin, you know, Justin. Yeah, Hall. I, I don't think anybody believes he's Larry Murphy. I think the point is you yes, can I get do. a new, you can move move in, and sometimes get a fresh start. Now, oh, yeah, we'll, no I mean, he will get a fresh start. There is great right. news. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko has new representation. JP Barry and Pepper San are now um, his agents. So they're resetting the uh, the deals and going to try again, it looks like. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's tough news, I think, for Carolina because, yeah. you know, if they could have gotten him, you know, they suddenly have the guy they thought they had last year in Pacioretty before he got hurt twice. So, oh, okay, let's 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 move to that because we'll you know we'll talk about some other teams. I'm gonna uh, go around a little bit, but the Tarasenko thing—he's clearly, I think, the biggest name that's still unsigned out there, uh, next to Matt Dumba. And there's some speculation about Dumba going to Arizona because Arizona's got so much cap space, so they can. You know, they can afford to overpay. I don't think it's going to happen, but they could. Right. I mean, it it seems to be right now you either have – and this always happens, but with the cap going up next year, a lot of these players 
willingly read the market and said, I'll take the one year deal because there's going to be a lot more money out in the market next year, especially if I put like uh, Tyler Bertuzzi signed a one year deal with the Leafs. At the worst, if he has a good year and he goes out in the market next year, he's probably going to get that six and a half to seven million dollar deal on a long term. If you know, if he likes it in Toronto in January, he can sign an eight year extension. So he's got he's got options. But the but the one year deal apparently, Kev, he was offered five six year deals out there. He just didn't like what he was being offered in terms of AAV because the cap is so constrained right now. Yeah, and I think that's the issue as well. I mean, it was a really a strange free agent um, signing period there the first couple of days because, you know, first of all, it was short on big bigger name players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bertuzzi was one of the few guys in there. I mean, you know, really the, the most desirable player might have been uh, Killorn, and, you know, he's not exactly a star, um, you know, but he's a very good player. So um, I, I, I don't know if general managers knew exactly what to do, but I think players sort of set the, you know, figured out, look, you know, you got to do what's right for you in terms of moving and take whatever money and then we'll worry about it next year. Cause I think that's what a lot of players well, do. I, I don't begrudge any player for taking the money because obviously their careers are, are finite Russ, but Kalorn, um <laughs> clear, clearly, you know, he's won his cups and now he's going for the payday and he's going for the nice weather in Anaheim and he's going to be a leader with the Ducks, you know, to show some of these young players how to be, how to be a way, but, but he's making six and a quarter for four years for a team that really for the next two or three years has little or no chance of winning. He's going there to be, a, to be a leader, not to be a winner like he's been in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. To, be, yeah. to, be, yes. to, to be paid well too. I mean, you know. yeah, yeah. well, he's getting paid really Top of the line money more than he's probably worth, but you know, Anaheim feels like they need a player like that there. You know, that's good for them. Speaking of players taking the money, um, a funny thing this happened at the combine. So, so Adam Fantilli, there's a video of him signing his contract with Columbus, and Gavin Brindley, who was also his Michigan teammate, was watching him sign the contract in Columbus, and he was there because they're in camp and. I asked Kevin Brindley because he was speaking so much about Fantilli, would he be his future agent? And Mike probably remembers, and he started laughing about that. He goes, ah, you never know, because he was in, like, those are the kinds of courses he's taken in college. Meanwhile, he was witnessing his first contract two weeks later. It's kind of funny how how that turned out. Well, um, okay, but let's let's touch on a few teams. Um, The Boston Bruins are really in a state of flux. Uh, it sounds like Krejci is not coming back. There's still whispers out there about Bergeron. He might, he might not. There hasn't been an announcement yet. I, I mean, I'm getting the feeling, Kev, that this is probably not going to go on until like August or September uh, before he really decides whether he wants to come back. But they really have no fallback here. I mean, right now their number one center is 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 uh, Charlie Coyle. Uh, Pavel Zaka is going to move into the middle. They've added, you know, they bring back Milan Lucic. They add JVR. I mean, this team is not winning the President's Trophy. I'm fair. I think I'm going out on a limb to, to uh, say. Yeah, I mean, it's really. I mean, I think they're the team probably we know least about for next season. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion in Detroit about the fact that they own the Bruins' first round pick, and that could be anywhere from 15 to, you know, 30. 30, you know, they could, you know, still come back and play well. So you just don't know where it's going to be. So, 
Um, but I, you know, I, they got to get Bergeron back. I, if, you know, if I had to guess, I would have guessed before that Krejci would retire and Bergeron um, would stay. So, and that's probably still where I figure. I think Bergeron um, will come back and play one more year. Now, Russ, uh, Buffalo, um, sort of underwhelming, but I think, you know, decent strategic signings. Eric Johnson, who which I wrote for Buffalo Hockey Now, that I predicted that, that they, Johnson would be the guy that they would go in and bring in because, you know, I didn't think they wanted to make the long-term commitment to somebody. Um, and, you know, as a one-year guy, as a right-handed guy, as a former number one overall pick, um playing with Owen Power that he would be sort of a good mentor. And then they signed Connor Clifton. And that's basically it. The, the, the surprising thing is Kevin Adams is sticking to his guns and saying, I'm going with Devin Levi and Uka Pekalukunen as, as the goaltending tandem. I, I put me on the record. I think it's a mistake. I think it could cost him a playoff spot because I, I don't trust Lukanen, but they're going to stick with that. Well, what do you think of the Sabres moves? Yeah, and, and they re-signed Kale Clay, which was good because he yeah. ended up playing a fair amount last year. He's a good depth guy. Um, yeah, I think they're going to end up looking for a, 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 a goalie at the deadline. I think that's the way they're going to go. And just because things did get so close last year, I think a mistake by Kevin Adams to be completely sold on these two to start the season. And he was speaking that way at the draft. So it wasn't just like I'm pulling this now. I was watching him speak at the draft and he was basically saying the same things. So I good for him. If, but again, I Kev, if we go to history and look at how many first year goalies won the Calder, it's not that many. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would thought they would get a veteran goalie too. You know, the problem is the goalie market really didn't materialize like it appeared. It looked like there wasn't going to be any goalies, and then it looked like there was going to be it was going to be a buyer's market because suddenly Hellebach and Gibson uh, and Jari May was going to be in. Well, Jari resigns. Carolina resigned both Ranta. Yeah, and, that one, that one and, is tough, Kev. I I don't get it. That's a head scratcher. Which part of it? I mean, you got them. Playing the same guys out, like you know what the results have been the last few years. I mean, I get it. They. They're, they're trying to bulk. They bulked up defensively. They're yeah. trying to get a little more yeah. offense, but you are sitting pat in goal. And, and again, we know they have. Why, you know, why do you think they did that? Do you think that they identified a guy they wanted and he wasn't available or. I don't know. I don't know. the reason. They didn't, they didn't think they had good options. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, all I can say is if I am Peter Kochetkov's agent, I'm, starting to say, is this guy ever going to be able to, I mean, he, he's got a four-year deal. He's got waiver exemption. So they're going to send him down to the AHL this year, but okay. And he's getting paid. So he can't complain about that, but you know, he probably wants to play in the NHL. And this was his opportunity with both veteran goaltenders as UFA. And now they sign one for two years, one for a year. And Kachetkov, he's not going to be the third goalie. He's going to be playing in the American hockey league. And if yeah. I'm, I'm pissed. How much? How much? How old is he now, Russ? Yeah, I mean, you know the answer. He's 24. 22, 22, I think. Yeah, I, see. I, I think you know they just think he's not quite ready. Like they love him, but yeah. you know they just feel like they need veteran guys. I mean, 22. 24. 24. Yeah, 22 so. in 313 days. So okay, I got. I have him as being 24, but then they go. No. Yeah, June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine. He's twenty four years old. So, but still, I mean, 24, you know, in goalie years. And, 
you know, I, I think the big thing is at 22, just to tell you. Okay. So, um, but the, uh, I think the big thing for them is, you know, Rantz assigned for um, a million five. Right. And uh, Anderson was 3.4, I think. Um, yes. neither one, neither one of them got a long-term deal. Right. So I, you know, I think they felt, you know, that it was better to have three, you know, good options here than, you know, go in with just a, the young guy. So it so um, would be my basic ask on this. And I don't have any idea, but did they even look into the John Gibson market? It, I, I, think, I think they did. Um, okay. but the cost is really high, obviously. I mean, that's why, you know, there's a reason why Hellebuck is not trading yet. Well, Hellebuck, I get because he's not going anywhere for a year, and you probably got to sign him for seven or eight if he does a sign and trade. But, but Gibson's isn't that long, and but it's six point four. Yeah. And I don't. Oh, they they would be willing to pay the money. I think it's yeah. the compensation. So yeah, yeah. Right. the cost certainty with Gibson is the attractive thing as opposed yeah. to Hellebuck. Yeah. Um, but but okay, so Carolina. They add Michael Bunting on a three-year deal, four point five million. They re-sign Jordan Stahl. Uh, they they uh, they sign Orloff for two years at seven point seven five. And Kev, they're talking about you know they're the, they are the one of the two or three teams that are heavily connected to Eric Carlson, which would make me believe that if they're going after Carlson, that either Pesci is part of the deal or Pesci is being moved out to facilitate getting uh, his salary. Yeah, no, I, I would say so. I, I think they they really want Tarasenko though. I mean, they really feel they need offense and um, that you know. So and I, I you know, with the the pronouncement that he's uh, changing agents, I, I I would think the Hurricanes now, if they thought that they had him, are going to be irritated as well, and they may be moving on as well. So right, um, so he could end up. Um, I, you know, we, we've heard the Islanders, we've heard the senators. So, yeah, you know. yeah the, the senator's connection with Tarasenko is in regards to them moving to Brinkett. He would be a Brinkett replacement. Um, if they, if they, uh, if the Islanders signed him, then, you know, they'd probably have to move out a salary. Um, yeah, so there, there's some options there and it's, you know, the, the chess, chess pieces on the board are interesting. Now, uh, Colorado was, they had a couple strange. Now the Johansson move at fifty percent is is fine. I have no problem with it. Miles Wood. I've always liked Miles Wood as a player, but he's had a he's had a checkered injury history. But they signed him to a Lou Lamorello type six year contract at two point five million. The AAV is not bad on this deal, but the term is nuts. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little bit longer, but I think that speaks to that whole thing about you know if you're like you would say at the worst miles wood is an average player and right. he's coming in at a below average salary but as you point out the term could be too long what kind of player will he be at the end of that so um but you know you get the aav the way you like it you don't mind giving the extra year that seems to be the yeah but this seems like an extra two or three years for me right. yeah how old is he i mean I was it's not the age it's really the effectiveness like what's he going to be I mean, it's it's the, speed, but you know. it's the wear and tear. He's had. Yeah. I mean, the la last year he was healthy. The previous two or three years, he missed sizable chunks of the season because of yeah. the way he plays. He's a very physical player. It now, sounds like they're act, act, 
basically their actions are hoping the cap goes up a lot. So this contract's not right. going to be talked about. But, you know, you never know. Now, Russ, right. the, the move that I think everybody uh, has expected for three or four years finally happened, which is Jonathan Druen ending up with his line mate from junior, Nathan McKinnon, in Colorado. But he gets he, he goes there on a one-year deal for a prove-it deal for $825,000. And if he can stay healthy and if everything else, like the off-the-ice issues, are straightened out, this could be a home run for Colorado. Yeah, it's a lot of years later, though. It is. Yes. I mean, I saw those guys play together, you know, in, with Halifax. I forget where I saw a game, but it was somewhere in Quebec. And look, I mean, back then, <laughs> Truen was scoring his last year there 108 points, but that was 2013 14. So it's a long time ago. I'm sure the familiarity's there. It's not like he's lost speed. Um, but I don't know. Is he really going to be on a line with McKinnon? Uh, no. Probably not. Probably not. But yeah, anyway. I, mean, I mean, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the NHL. Oh, you know, long, long yeah. trip from one place to the other. I yeah. agree. So, but you know, just the fact that he has a teammate on the team and familiarity, yeah. hey, you give it a shot. I mean, it's a, it's a can't, you know, we talked about this the other day, like every team now is, you know, strategizes to have seven or eight, you know, players less than a million dollars. And, you know, he's a good roll of the dice. He's got some skill and talent and he, you know, if he's not going to cost much, especially for one, on a one year deal. So. Agreed. Now, can we can we say that the uh, I can't say that their window is closed, but let's just say it's going to be a completely different Tampa Bay Lightning team. Um, you know, Kalorn is gone. They've traded Patrick Maroon to uh, Minnesota. They've traded Corey Perry to Chicago. And I look at their lineup right now. They added Connor Sheary on a three-year deal at $2 million a year, which he's a decent third, fourth-line guy. But you look at the bottom of the lineup, and it's Luke Glenn Denning and Logan Brown and Calvin DeHaan. It's not the same. They lose uh, Ian Cole to, I think, uh, Vancouver. They, you know, the – this is not your. This is not your dad's Tampa Bay Lightning. There, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I think, I think the the era has passed. I mean, the stars yeah. are still there, and and if they play, you know, if Hedman can keep playing the way he's been playing, and Kucherov at age thirty keeps playing, you know, then they'll be competitive. But I just don't know now whether they have the, they yeah. don't have the same depth that they did, and I don't know how good they're going to be. I would think if you're a Tampa Bay fan, though, this is what your hope is. You know, they have a collection of still really, really good hockey players. Yes. And they have a goaltender. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, is there a chance to be the momentum team on a given year? You know, the one thing we know is, uh, uh, you know, Breezeball is a bit of magician when it comes to the cap. So, you know, let them work his magic and add a couple of players and just see if they can be that team that catches fire and you know who knows but i mostly i totally agree with everything you said i mean you know all, what made the lightning lightning was not only their talented player but it was all their depth you know and now that that depth is eroded to the point that it's not recognizable um so you know they're they're in tough shape but um you know i i still i mean would you be shocked if they were one of the top no. three teams i no, would they still could yeah. do that i mean headman's still yeah. there yeah. Anything, any team with Perry or anything with Sorelli and 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 uh, Point and Stamp goes and Kucherov and Hedman, I'm scared of because there's because they have champion right. 
pedigree. And if these other pieces plug in, then yeah, I, I'd still be afraid of them. I still think they're going to be in the battle for one of the top three spots in the Atlantic. I mean, that that's something we can talk about going closer to the beginning of next season is, okay, it's been Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Uh, all you know, the almost every year for the, like the last, you know, Florida mixed in there for a year or two, but it's been those three. I don't think it's I don't think it's etched in stone that it's going to be Boston. I don't think it's etched in stone that it's going to be Tampa or even Toronto. I mean, the, the, all, I think you've got teams in that division that are all moving up that will challenge them. Now, I I question, you know, with Buffalo the goaltending, with Ottawa the goaltending because it's Corpusello and and their defense still. And Detroit, I would say what their offense. You would be the big question, Kev. Yeah, I mean uh, for sure. I mean, really, it's the whole team. I mean, uh, you know, they're just not there yet. They've got a lot of quality young players, but they're you know, I mean, Eisenman repeated even um, uh, a couple of days ago. He he pretty much said, and you can take him at his word, as you know, Edmondson does not uh, have a guaranteed spot on this. In fact, I think it's unfair to think that he's going to play, you know? So, um, and I, you know, I saw, um, uh, Casper, Marco Casper in development camp. And, you know, you can see the potential, um, star qualities that he has, but he doesn't seem ready to me, you know, like, you know, he's ultra competitive. So, so anyway, they're, they're, they're just not strong enough, uh, everywhere. And I don't know. I mean, Huso doesn't measure up to the, some of the top goalies in the league. Um, you know, I think right now he's probably a mid-range NHL goalie. So, um, Russ, I look at the Vancouver Canucks and I see a team with their wheels spinning. They keep, they keep, you know, like, okay, they bring in Carson Soucy on a three-year deal. They add Ian Cole. They traded for Roenick uh, uh, before the deadline. But their defense really, I don't think it's anywhere greatly improved from what it was last year. And up front, they, you know, they really didn't, they added Teddy Bluger. I mean, this team, I think they're just going nowhere sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'd say they got a little better on defense and they just added on the edges to the offense and they have good goaltending. But yeah, I, look, I, I worry about this team because they never rebuilt and now they're sort of in that, well, we're going to keep trying to get better because we're going to try and be competitive and we're going to try and make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. that's a hard a hard road to go, especially when you're not producing a lot of, of prospects to throw into your pool. I mean, that's what's killing them. Their player development's been bad. Yeah. Um, I think one of the big stories over the last week or so from the draft to now are the stories that didn't happen, Kev. And the two teams I look at are Calgary and Winnipeg. Because, okay, in Winnipeg, they traded Pierre-Luc Dubois. They did pretty well. They can't get a deal done for Hellebuck because they're not getting what I think they think he's worth. They haven't traded Shifley. There's talk now about them going back to both players and trying to convince them to stay. Uh, in Calgary, they haven't traded Hannafin, but it's out there that Hannafin's not going to re-sign. They haven't gotten any word from Elias Lindholm, Backlund. And, I mean, it's limbo right now for Craig Conroy and for uh, Kevin Dayoff because they have players clearly who are not going to stay there, but they haven't moved them yet. Yeah. 
I think the Hullabuck one is the one that's really bothering because I'm not I'm not really totally convinced that they've made a real strong effort to trade Shifley. I think they've thought all along they might be able to convince him to stay. And you know, guys like him, the centers his size are hard to find. So I think they want to give it a go to try to. I mean, because they can always move him at the trade deadline, provided he doesn't get hurt. Right. Um, so I think, but the Hellebuck is you know they want to get paid as if. Uh, you know, there's no extenuating circumstances. By that, I mean that he doesn't have a gun to their head because he has all the leverage. And, you know, they want to make that trade as if it's, you know, in the 1960s and you just make major trades all the time. And, right. you know, New Jersey seems like a good fit, but they don't want to pay that price, which is just way too heavy. And, you know, same thing is true with Eric Carlson. Like, yeah, they've agreed that he should be traded, both parties. But, you know, from what I've been told, they're asking exactly what they did last time. Um, so if you want them, you got to throw in a couple of first round picks and, uh, you know, no one seems willing to do that. Russ, I mean, what, what do you think of those situations right now? Uh, which team again? Sorry. I lost. Calgary and Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, Calgary, I'm not sold on where they're at. I, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. I'm not, I have to be convinced. I don't, I don't love their team. They're sort of like in between Winnipeg. I think it's still pull it out because I, I could see Hellebuck just playing out this season there. Like I just, well, can't. I don't get, I mean, they, they, okay. They can't get nothing for him. And they're in a position where they sort of like what Toronto is with Neilander. They need a return, but they, they don't, you know, I mean, if they trade, they trade Hellebuck, they have no goaltending. They have looked right. So they, they might spent, be willing to take just the draft pick they get for trading his rights at the right. draft. That may be what they accept. And if they do that, yeah, they could probably make the playoffs. Even losing Wheeler, uh, I still think uh, they still have enough there. Uh, the fact that uh, Morrissey made a big jump helps them. And Ehlers is healthy. Shifley, you know, I don't know how much longer he'll be there, but he's there. So I still think they still look like a playoff team. Yeah, and, and I don't think – I mean, Calgary clearly is going through the transition now from the group that they had to the young guys like Coronado and Zeri and uh, Peltier. And, you know, they want to play their younger guys. Um, but the, the thing is, is that you have to get value for the players that you know are not going to stay after next year. There's talk right. about Hannafin and Boston – there's talk about uh, um, some of their defense, like Tanev or uh, Zadorov or Rasmus Anderson. You know, the, uh, more more of the first two with Toronto because Terliving knows them and he, he wants to get bigger on defense. But I mean, they, they a lot of teams, Kev, are in the situations here where they have players with one year left, and they've told teams that they're not going to sign there or they're at they're ask on long term contracts. And they know, you know, because the cap is going to go up is ridiculous or or to the point of they just can't afford it. But these teams are sort of between a rock and a hard place because they're not getting they're getting pennies on the dollar in terms of offers from other teams. It's a it's really a bad place for a manager to be. Yeah. And it's not that, uh, you know, I, I don't even think it's, you know, t taking uh, the leverage because it's there. I think it's mostly they can't afford it. Right. Um, you know, like. I, you know, New Jersey doesn't feel strong about giving up. You know, they've got to this good place now. But they don't want to give up, uh, you know, all that uh, 
Winnipeg is asking. And I, I just think they're, they, they want too much. I think they're unrealistic in their approach. So, and I think the, you know, the problem with uh, Hannafin is, is that, you know, he wants a long-term deal. At least that's right. what we keep hearing. And, yeah. you know, teams just don't want to give those out anymore, you know, uh, except for, you know, certain players. And I don't think Hannafin is one of those guys. Yeah. yeah he's, the chat room points out Lindholm hasn't even accepted a deal, a big money deal that's on the table. Right. Yeah. I mean, Hannafin is 26. He was in the same draft as Matthews and uh, same, sorry, the same draft as uh, Marner and um, um, uh, McDavid. Um, And, and, you know, he's a very good defenseman. He's a top four defenseman. He's not a righty. He's a lefty, um, which is always a factor because righties, as we saw from this free agent class have been over are getting overpaid because they're righties. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, it, apparently it's well known out there that he'd love to go to Boston. Um, and he simply could just wait a year and not, you know, I mean, they could trade him, but they, you know, they want to trade him to some place that they can maximize the value for. But if he only wants to go to Boston, oh, you know, it's sort of like, you know, Dubois only wanted to go to Montreal. It's not impossible that, you know, they go, they trade him someplace else, else that he accepts it to. But yeah. Um, Plus, does Boston really want him? Right. Right, that's the question. We yeah, I'm sure they like them, but you know, yeah. they've made some commitments there. They, you know, they like their defense. So, yeah. um, now, now, Russ, you're, you know, we saw we saw what the Rangers did. I mean, some of it, okay, cost wise, it didn't cost them a lot. You know, they they got quick. They got Wheeler. They got Benino. They got uh, Tyler Pitlick. Um, you got Eric Gustafson all for under a million dollars each. Okay. So that's not, that's not bad business. You know, they signed a bunch of 30 pluses. Um, so they got a lot older, but these are just, you know, these are complimentary guys, but you look at their situation now and they've got two big glaring RFAs, Alexi Lafreniere and Keandre Miller, and they only have $6 million in cap space. So that's what Chris Drury has to tackle over the next couple months. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll figure those out in bridge deals, but the problem that Chris Drury has done here is, you know, you're bringing in another coach that you're trying, and again, this is now the third guy in a short amount of time that you're trying to satisfy with his kind of players, and the players that are going by the wayside are the younger players. Like they just signed Zach Jones to a two-year deal, and now you're bringing Gustafson. They do the same thing, so now it's like okay, like Eric Gustafson really hasn't been good at his job for a couple of years, but Laviolette likes him, so he's going to give him a, a go. So he'll probably get more opportunity than Zach Jones at the beginning. Okay, so then you have that. As far as Lafreniere and, and Kako go, just as an example, I don't know how much playing time they're going to get under Laviolette. They may get the same as Gallant. They may get less. Um, that's that's going to be a, a telltale thing because, again, um, for every Ranger fan that wants to call Lafreniere a bust, I mean, you can't call him a bust if he almost had 40 points. If you want to say, hey, first overall should be better than that, okay. But, again, there's been a lot of differences, different things there, too. He's had three different coaches. He hasn't played top power play much. Second power play doesn't get a ton of time on the Rangers. Uh, his best line has been the kid line. He hasn't really gotten to play with mo- most anybody else for any length of time. So, like, this is the hand he's dealt. And, like, Ranger fans are already consigned themselves to the fact that he's going to get dealt somewhere and do well there. Like, this is the problem right now that Chris Drury has caused is he took over a team that was rebuilding from David Quinn and got rid of David Quinn 
and then started trying to advance it, got to the conference finals ahead of schedule, and now all of a sudden they're an older team again. Like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, in a perfect world, they get both of those guys signed to bridge deals, but I don't know whether, you know, I don't know whether Miller is going to take anything less than say 4 million a year on a two year bridge deal or something like that. I mean, you might have to sign them to one year deals and wait until the cap goes up next year to be able to take, and they might be amenable to that because other, other teams have been able to do that. Now, Kev, I, in Buffalo and talking to other reporters and in Toronto, there seemed to be uh, a unanimity of opinion in terms of a team that really spent badly. And that was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, especially the Tristan Jari five-year extension at over $5 million. Um, I know that in Pittsburgh they weren't very happy about it because yeah. Jari has been somebody who's been injured consistently at the worst time of the year. Good goaltender has had good years, but just that, you know, that problem at not being available – and they give him a five-year extension. They do that. They get Ryan Graves for six years. And I like Ryan Graves as a defenseman, but six years at $4.5 million. They bring in Lars Eller on a two-year deal. That's fine. Nolachari was getting one-year deals the last three years from teams. And now all of a sudden he gets a three-year deal with $2 million. Bucks. Uh, and then they trade for Riley Smith and take on $5 million a year. So – some moves I understand. Some moves I'm a little questioning. I'm wondering, like, they're trying to support that veteran group, and that might be the marching orders for Kyle Dubas. But well, I think it is for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't disagree with uh, the, the, especially the fan base that's concerned about the jarring thing. Um, you know, plus I just felt didn't it just feel like it was time to move on? It did. Uh, with, we know yeah. that. But, but we know that Sullivan likes yeah. Jerry, so that probably got yeah. him solved. No, no, that's that is true. That Sullivan really is a big believer in Jerry. Uh, I like the Achari deal actually. Again, you know, I always talk about yeah. it, salary, but he's a, a helpful yeah. player. Yeah. Two million dollars. You know, that's not much more than you know the bottom level. Um, and uh, you know, he's on your team. You, you, you know what you got there. You can pencil him in in the bottom six, and all goes well. And I really like the uh, Smith deal. I mean, one just one year was left on that at five million dollars, and you know they were looking for one more score. You know they lost Zucker, um, and they were just were, they've never been happy with Zucker, even when he's um, produced. Uh, it's just there was just something about him that he didn't seem to fit quite right with the the way that Crosby and Malkin played. So. Um, you know, maybe Riley Smith is simply a little a better option than Zucker there. So um, the, the Graves thing, I I don't even understand six years. No, uh, not not whatsoever. I I really like him as a player though. And four point four point five is a reason. Like, what are you doing? Is a reasonable amount for that uh, type of player now. That seems to be the going rate for four and a half. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it seems like he four point five in four years would seem like a more reasonable approach to. To uh, to Graves, uh, so Russ, the the Flyers, um, you know, even in this, in, even when they have firmly established a stance of being a rebuilding team, they go out and they sign Garnet Hathaway for two years. They bring, you know, Ryan Paling is a young, still a young guy, so there's a chance there for him to sort of, you know, reclamate his career. They bring, you know, Mark Stahl is they bring in based on to be a minutes eater. He's going to do the same thing that he did in Detroit a couple years ago. But 
Yeah, this team is going to be really bad, aren't they? No, they will. But And I think on defense now they may be limiting um, some of their young players to being able to break in early in the year with the Mete signing now. Um, but, look, I get the Hathaway one. That's fine. I mean, he may even be playing third line for them, which I don't recommend for any team. But, you know, it could end up happening. He may have to – we'll see if he switches to left wing because they kind of need a left wing. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Stall is stall. He'll help guys. I mean, we know he's slow, but he's good around the net and he's good in the locker room. So so that's fine. Um, the paling thing is the guy I, I've been rooting for him for a couple of years uh, in the sense that I, I would just like him to be able to stay healthy. He hasn't been he hasn't been able to play over 50-something games the last couple of years. He's got offensive ability and speed. You do kind of really pull for those kinds of guys. He'll be the fourth-line center. If he could get through a full season, it could really help his season. But that's going to be the question with him. The ability is there. Like, he's a decent hockey player, but we'll see. Kev, I thought this was hilarious. But I this is not this is not the first time a general manager comes out and says uh, – and Danny Barrier came out and said, well, Travis Sanheim is off the block. Okay, yeah, you tried to trade him to every, to the four corners of the universe, and you couldn't because he's got eight years left at six and a quarter, but now he's off the block. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, that, that means I could, we, we couldn't trade him. He was untradeable <laughs> at that price for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether Konecti was actually really available. Um, I think it was one phone call. That's what I think. Yeah, I think uh, because I, I, you know, again, I'm just reading the tea leaves here. I have no inside information, but it just seems like the Red Wings were far more interested in Konechny than than uh, the Brinkat. Um, I mean, it's not that they didn't like the Brinkat, but the the Konechny gave them more of what they wanted. You know, he's a little grittier. So it seems like a ten minute phone call with Eiserman. That's what I think happened. And Eisenman's just like, all right, nothing's going to happen here. I right. never called that. You've got three guys like that. I think it was that was the case with Konechny. That was the case with Lawton. Remember, he was out yeah. there. And, yeah. and, then, and that was the case with Carter Hart. They were put out as feelers. Okay, we'll take calls. And when they didn't get, get blown away by offers for any of the three of them, they said, okay, no. Right, right. Yeah. I do think. And I do think they wanted a lot. And to be honest, I – I don't think Eisenman ever wanted to trade either of those first round picks. Right. I think he was saying, you know, I'll give you a second rounders and I got right. a bunch of them. So, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, that's just, again, I'm just guessing because, you know, they, they that doesn't leak out what Eisenman is doing. But last thing here, because we mentioned him earlier, but um, it does seem that we're going down the path that Eric Carlson is going to get traded. I just don't know where. And I, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see how this deal is structured. I mean, we've okay, we've heard Ottawa, we've heard Edmonton, we've heard Carolina, we've heard Pittsburgh. I mean, if it's a Pittsburgh, for example, Pittsburgh is right up against the cap. If they're trading Carlson to Pittsburgh, then San Jose's got to be retaining significant salary, which they say they don't want to. Or they're going to be taking back a guy like, say, Jeff Petrie because he's making over six million. I, I'm really, I'm really wondering, yeah. Kev, how this deal is going to fall out wherever he goes. Well, and how much? What's Pittsburgh going to give them? You know, they they want like a, a big return. It's like, you know, I don't think it's enough for San Jose just to regain the cap space. 
Like they want more. Need more than that. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, and what does Pittsburgh actually have? You know, their prospect covers bare. Well, they have first. They have their first round picks. But the thing is, Kyle Dub and Kyle Dubas has a history. Remember, in the five years he was general manager in Toronto, Toronto, he traded his first round pick every single year. Yeah, I could see him trading two firsts. Yeah, and somebody in their system or off the roster. And, and Jeff Petrie to clear the cap. And Jeff Petrie. Yeah, that's what I could say. Yeah. How many years does Petrie have left though? Two years. Yeah. Two years at six two years at six point two five as opposed to four years at eleven point five. Right. So they but he's got a, but he's got a no move. I, I don't know. I, I can you see him blocking a trade to Northern California? The weather's nice, Jeff. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> He's a Midwest boy. He's a Michigan boy. So yeah, yeah, he might block it. He might block it. But anyway, all right. Great show, guys. Uh, we'll be back later in the week with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Kevin Allen, for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus